Good morning, folks, and welcome in to another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, I'm Chris Yao, and I'm joined this morning by Maurice Patton. J.P. Plant is off, and I am doing my best to engineer this thing and host it, and it is what it is. Not mad about it. Could be a lot worse. We just do what we do. Could be a lot worse. It could be worse. Yeah. It has been worse. Um, got a lot to talk about today. Got a really good show for you. And I, I, I'm, I'm excited because we both got out to some hoops last night. Found out some really cool stories. Um, it's only going to get uh, better from here. So, pretty pumped up about that. Um... Also, we will talk about, obviously, the schedule for tonight, which is packed. Plenty of stuff to talk about in uh, in and around Murray County Athletics and uh, other areas. Of course, we will talk about the 11 o'clock Mr. Football Awards announcements, as they'll be hosting their no-lunch luncheon at 11 o'clock. <laughs> And, of course, it's Top 5 Tuesday. Can't beat that. Top 5 football players that we have covered in honor of. High school football players. High right? school football players okay. that we have covered in honor of. In honor the, of Mr. Football. Mr. Football. Which exactly. will be awarded as soon as we go off the air because that's how it always works. That's how it works. But we will keep you updated on SM underscore T and sports on Twitter. Make sure to find us there. And I'll tell you, it's uh been a, a, a fun week end to take in the Summit State Championship and uh, some hardware was handed out over the weekend to some 5-5A players, which was a little confusing. <laughs> I didn't know they gave out overall player of the year, but also offensive and defensive player of the year. I figure at least one of the offensive or defensive players has to be player of the year, right? Unless it's a kicker. <laughs> Not in this era of everyone gets a trophy. I guess. It's a little ridiculous, but... It's, you know... Who am I and what do I know? It, it's set up so that, you know, you don't have one team dominating all of the awards, basically. No and matter yet, how good that one team is. And yet, Paige got two awards. <laughs> so... Well, like I said, here here's what the issue is with it, is the way it's released. Because a lot of these regions don't want to announce the awards until all of their teams are done playing. And then each of the teams announces their award winners individually. And so when you call a coach and ask them, hey, do you have the all-region team? And they give you their guys, but nobody has yeah. all the guys. And so you don't really – it's irritating is what it is. But at any rate, again, no one wants to see the, hear the labor, the labor pains. They just want to see the baby. And we are efforting to get all of the region teams so that we can post them on the website at sm-tnsports.com. That's correct. But, um, yeah, Jake McNamara, Page's quarterback, was named Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, and – 
Easton Snyder was named special teams player of the year, both of those from Page. Yeah. Now, that's a that's something. But. I believe Columbia linebacker Shane Columbia Central linebacker Shane Cobb was named defensive, defensive player of the year. I think I saw that over the weekend. He was, he was. So So we've um so there will be some hardware in and around the area handed out. Um as we spoke yesterday, um Dante Peral from Spring Hill was named Region four four A athlete of the year. And again, we are yeah, we'll get, we'll we get we hope to be the one-stop shop for all of that stuff, hopefully in the next couple of days. That is what I expect. Uh, so, yeah, um, should be fun. And I'm hopefully once we get all of those in, we'll have, we'll have that on the website and you'll be able to find it all in one place. Now, speaking of hardware, we, speaking can, give of out, hardware. we can give out some if you want. Let's do it. Yeah, how about this? How about um, well, we start with our End to Win Life Team of the Week presented by Custom Stone Handlers. And I don't think you can get much more Team of the Week than a state championship. That, this one might take some people by surprise, but yeah, the Summit Spartans football team is our End to Win Team of the Week. I think that's pretty fitting. I mean, I would say... I would say it, it makes a whole lot of sense, all I'm saying. I, I don't think there would be much room to argue with that. I don't like to speak in absolutes. Well, you know. Yeah. We Well, I say that. We we all, we, we all have our assumptions in the <laughs> world. <laughs> yes, so. yes, we do, Chris. So, yeah. Um, but let, let, let's address one of those assumptions real quick. Let's do that because the, uh, the state championship games, most valuable player was awarded to Destin Wade, who should be awarded something else at 11 o'clock today. We'll talk about that. We will talk about that a little bit later if necessary, but our covenant technology player of the week. It's not going to go to Destin Wade because if you read my story on sm-tnsports.com about the the Summit game, you know who <laughs> I believe should have been named. And if you were following Chris on Twitter Friday night, yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll know who he believes should have been. I, I thought it was cut and dry, pretty obvious. I mean, after. Not just, you know, the first the first drive of the game, keeping it alive with a a catch inside the five, then a touchdown catch, then he punts and pins a team inside the three yard line. Here's what we haven't mentioned: is the fair catches on the punts where he doesn't let the ball bounce and give his team poor field position, hidden yardage. I mean, this guy, all of that, 142 all-purpose yards, six tackles. And a pick six. It reminds me of the Will Smith men in black line. What you thought you saw, you did not see. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. It, it, it's hard to argue with those numbers. And yet. And yet. 
here we are. Um, but for his efforts, Brady Pierce is our Covenant Technology Player of the Week. Congratulations to him. Mr. Do-It-All, old-school football player, as his coach Brian Coleman said. Hard-nosed, not flashy. That's what I like. I know I interviewed him after the Henry County game, and he had a cut across the bridge of his nose. Still does. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sticking his face in there, literally. Yeah, yeah. One of the, Actually, one of the pictures that we have is of him sticking his head in there and getting a, you know, making a tackle. He had a tackle on that first drive. That was just, I mean, he, he laid a lick on Kendall Jackson. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, Brady Pierce, Covenant Technology Team of the Week. Player of the Week. Player of the Week, sorry. And finally, our Patio West Scholar Athlete of the Week. Well, I guess if you win a state championship, we just clean sweep it. There we go. I mean. It doesn't and, happen every day. It, well, it happens uh, more than in three of four sports we've had state champions in our coverage area this fall. We've had a golf state champion, a volleyball state champion, and now a football state champion. And a cross-country individual state champion. And, well, across, so four out of five sports. Mm-hmm. I forget the fifth sports. The only... The only one we did not have a state champion in was girls girl soccer. soccer. There you go. And in our listening area, we had a couple state champions because they came out of Williamson County. Yeah. That being said, our patio west out of Spring Hill, Coastal, and Comfort Eats is our Scholar Athlete of the Week, Gavin Wells. Gavin had... Three tackles in the state championship game and two pass breakups. Uh, Gavin, he he goes between middle and inside linebacker, but when Summit went to that nickel package, he ended up playing a very hybrid role. So he was back in coverage a lot. He wasn't, you know, playing his normal middle linebacker position. But it shows the trust that Alex Melton and that defensive coaching staff have in him to have him out there in all of those situations to, you know, understand what's going on and be be where he needs to de- be, which speaks to his football IQ. Yeah, I, I mean, it, and he's a team captain. He's the guy who who is he, – he goes and does the coin toss. He was the player that they awarded the state championship gold ball to before he brought it over to his teammates. So, I mean, he, he is the guy that, you know, that team looks to. So, for his his playing efforts and his efforts in the classroom, Gavin Wells, our Scholar Athlete of the Week, presented by Patio West, Comfort and Coastal Eats. Uh, so, there's uh, there's your, your hardware for the week, and we, I guess we can tell you that that will be available to share on social media uh, after the show. We will get that out there for you. So we appreciate you guys sharing that. And, uh, of course, our Summit fans are always. They do a really good job with that. They're very active on our social media, and we appreciate that. All right. So we're going to take a quick break here. And uh, And when we come back, 
we will have Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald. We will have Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald. That's awesome news. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Always good to talk to Joe. Yes, it will be the Williamson Herald on the other side of this break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. And welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yalmo Patton here with you on this beautiful Tuesday morning. It's actually a little uh, cloudy outside, but that's okay. We're not mad about it. 24 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock here, and we are excited to bring in, as we do each and every Tuesday, a member of our friends at the Williamson Herald. This week, we actually do have Joe Williams on the line with us, and we're really excited to bring him in because he mi- we missed you last week, Joe. Well, bless you. I appreciate that. Just weird things happen sometimes. Life's a dance. <laughs> you learn as you go. <laughs> I can't dance, so, you know. <laughs> well, that's not what I heard. But anyway, uh, um, anyway. Joe, um, big weekend, guy. Yeah, it was, it was another uh, big weekend, another long weekend. Uh, but I actually look forward to it every year. It was good to be up there with you guys uh, Friday night. Uh, just had a good time. Congratulations to the Summit Spartans, man. That was uh, that was uh, that was a well put together team and a good game plan. Yeah, they they did a really good job on Friday night, and um, that wasn't the only champion in your coverage area. I know you guys um, also cover CPA. We had Ingle Martin on early, uh, midweek last week, and um, the Lions come through in Division Two AA with a thirty-five twenty-eight victory over Lipscomb. Um, you know, avenging yeah, a regular season loss to the Mustangs in the process. I was going to say, I think probably uh, CPA may be the poster child for it's impossible to beat the same team twice in a year. Hey, yeah. You might, you might get them once. Don't think you'll jump twice. He, he does a fantastic job. That coaching staff does. And um, congratulations to the Lions. Tough end to the Blue Cross Bowl for a local team as Brentwood in 6A falls to Oakland, 56-33. Um, I don't know that the outcome was unexpected. 
Oh, I don't either. Uh, that, that Oakland team may be one of the best high school teams I've ever seen, and that first half performance may have been one of the most impressive I've ever seen out of a out of a high school team. Um, you know, two turnovers early did not help. I really thought Brentwood would have a chance if they could hang on. Uh, they gave up the first touchdown, came right back and scored. And I thought, okay, you know, we, we got a chance here. We're in the ball game, and. Next thing you know, the wheels fell. As I wrote, the wheels fell off. Yeah, two one-play drives there for touchdowns for Oakland in that first half. They scored 42 points, um, most ever scored in the first half of a TSSAA state championship game. Um, like you said, Oakland just was impressive basically from, from post to wire, both in that ball game and throughout the season. First undefeated season in the history of that program, yeah, they were they were pretty doggone tough. <laughs> but uh, they had, and somebody said they had the horses. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, what do you do? I mean, I don't even I don't know how you how you try to even defend a, a, that the the wing tee. Well, like I said, it ought to be illegal. Ought to be a law. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Brad, uh, Brian Coleman might disagree with you on some years, but <laughs> that's not untrue. He he had some horses when he was running that offense too. I'll agree. Sure. That that first sure. that year they went to the semi or to the quarterfinals and lost to Beach. They had some horses on that team. <laughs> yes, they did. So it, was no, a, it was a fun weekend. So Joe, um, I guess with football over, you you turn your attention to. Indoor stuff, and this is where it gets kind of dicey, huh? I think it gets real dicey. Um, I know there are a couple of coaches in our area who aren't feeling well. Uh, and, yeah, I think there's – there's I, guys, I really question where – of course, I did last year too. But I really question whether or not basketball is, is going to happen. Uh, we've seen some wrestling events already, and, and the fact they've gotten any in impresses me. Because I didn't think they'd get any in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know, as as we spoke to Bernard Childress on our Friday show, and the interview is up if you um if you care to listen to the podcast of the show. Basically, the TWSAA's approach to winter sports as is the same as it was to fall sports in that they're going to leave those decisions to the local school systems as to whether to you know, continue to compete and, and pursue competition. And, you know, I, I think that's the right thing to do, you know, to make it available and then allow folks to, you know, basically opt in or opt out depending on what their situation locally is. Now, I think the question does become once you get into the postseason, how is that going to go? And, and I think – the TWSAA, after not being able to complete the basketball postseason series, is going to do everything it can do to not have that happen again this time around. Yeah, I, you know, and, and the scary part about that, guys, is that if you start to consider it, it's local decisions come playoff time, how many teams, you know, basketball is a little bit different, but you, my first thought is how many teams don't get into the playoffs or don't advance because they're not getting to play, because of local decisions. Basketball, obviously, is a little bit different because you can lose, what, 
three three or four times and still get to the final or still get to uh, still get to the state tournament. Three. You can um, lose three ball games yeah. once the postseason starts and yeah. still get to the state tournament. And um that's another story for another day, but that is out there. So um sure. you know that I think it's a, it, it's a much better opportunity for those teams who say don't get to play the regular season but get released to play in, in the tournament to say, Okay, we can make a run now. I mean, we you can ha- you can have a, a uh, you can have a, a state champion with with basically a, a six and three record. Well, I mean, you you don't have to play a district schedule as was proven down here a couple of years ago when certain teams chose not to play other teams yeah. for no other reason than because they didn't want to play them, yeah. and 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 that that team went on and won a state championship. Shout out to Columbia Academy, but yeah. um, you know, so that like you said, it's it's a tournament, it's a tournament sport, and that does maybe help with that situation to some degree. But in a quick conversation out on the field with Mark Reeves during the trophy presentation on Friday night, you know, Mark oversees wrestling and the state wrestling tournament for the TWSAA, and he was asking if if I could set up some mats in my backyard for the state tournament because that's kind of where they're at right now. They don't have a place for the event right now. The Williamson County Ag Expo is unavailable, and they're not sure not just if they're going to have the state tournament, but where they're going to have it. Where it's going to be, yeah. It shouldn't matter because, I mean, if we're not – we ought not let fans in anyway. So (laughs) – there's that. And I think I do believe that is probably a component that they are deeply considering that they are going to try to, you know, have a camera on every mat, which they have had for the last couple of years, actually, and make it available via track wrestling or NFS, NFHS network or something along those lines so that you've only got participants in the venue wherever that is. Yeah, and, and there's and let me tell you, here's the weird situation that, that I ran into last week. I went over to watch uh, Franklin and Brentwood play basketball. Well, at, at the same, the same time, time. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a there's a tri meet going on in the in the auxiliary gym, and I, I I got worn out on Twitter about tell me why there are fans at the basketball game and none at the wrestling tournament because they wouldn't let us in. And and what was the response from the person that you asked that? Uh Basically, it was a local decision. You know, basketball has been limited to to four tickets per participant. Well, then you, when you say that, you've got to understand if you've got 15 on the boys' team, 15 on the girls' team, that's 30. You double it to coaches. So now you're at 70. And then you get cheerleaders, say there's 15. Now there's, there's 30 more. All of a sudden, you get up to three, four hundred people that can get in based on four per participant. And, and when you look at the auxiliary gym at Franklin, which I was in for that tri-match, there's just not that much room in there. You don't yeah. have that much bleacher space. So, I mean, it's a smaller venue. And and so that that number was not possible. And no. so you're going to run into that kind of thing. And I think folks are going to have to – for lack of a better phrase, I think folks are going to have to check themselves a little bit as we go through this winter indoor sports season because, again, 
Ask those spring sports parents whether they would rather their kids play and not be able to watch or whether they would rather their kids not play. Well, and I think I think part of it, too, in, in this particular situation was I think when, when all the schools get everything together and we, we get the streaming cameras out there, even if there's no commentary, it's just a camera on a map. Uh, I think it'll be easier for them to handle. They can still watch. That's just like softball, baseball, spring sports. You know, if there's at least a camera there to where they can at least see, I think that'll that'll leave some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, I think you're dead on. Yeah. So, I mean. I think you're dead on. You, I, I'm a proponent to- of no fans in basketball and wrestling. That being said, we got through most of middle school wrestling is done. And – for the most part, we've not had a whole lot of issues. We we now, got through we got through volleyball indoors, yeah, with with little issues, you know, other than the occasional team having to, you know, quarantine or isolate contact or tracing. whatever else it was that they well, had the biggest, going on. The biggest thing is if we if we follow, you know, we follow the guidelines that are out there, like them or not, think they work or not. I don't care. That's me. Okay, <laughs> but if. If the word comes in that says, you know, we're going to let in 200 people and everybody has to wear a mask, then let 200 people in. And if there's somebody that doesn't want to wear a mask, send them out the door and bring in somebody who wants to or who that, will. That's right. I, I mean, to me, it's really very simple. It's one of the things that killed me, I guess, in Cookville and has all year long is I know it's outside venues, but the, the enforcement of the mask thing has not been – uh, push that hard. There's been lots of talk. I laughed. I got to be honest, guys. I laughed Saturday, Friday and Saturday at the announcements of social distancing, you know, six feet apart. That's the equivalent of two empty seats. Well, boys and girls, I got to tell you something. I don't know what engineering school they went to, <laughs> but there's not a, there's not a venue in this country where a seat is more than 18 inches. That's right. So two seats is 36 inches. That's, that's three feet. Don't you need four seats? Well, the the MTSU graduate in me says that maybe they went to the Tennessee Tech Engineering School. Ooh. That's cold. <laughs> anyway. Cool. No. Well, I, you know, I threw that softball up there waiting on you to hit it. Yeah, yeah. As, as a former MTSU student, I threw it up there. I was just waiting on you to hit it. And I crushed it. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, out the park. Hey, um, Joe, as as I'm sure you're aware, a couple of changes to the the local basketball schedule. Spring Hill boys were scheduled scheduled to play at Brentwood tonight. That was going to be a boys only game because the Spring Hill girls are are shut down. That boys game is now not taking place. Also, Summit at Brentwood on Friday is a girls only affair. Yeah. And um, so, so what's the story there? Why why are they not playing? Bylaws say they have to play unless there's a COVID issue. Well, right? and and apparently there is a COVID okay. issue. I think Brentwood boys have a COVID issue gotcha. that has prevented both those boys' games from taking place. Yeah. So I got uh, I got one weird one for you. Going back to to basket or the football. Mm-hmm. If you uh, here's one of those that hit me this morning. One of those uh, six degrees of of separation crazy. Uh, great game, CPA, David Lipscomb, become a great rival. But here's where it gets fun for me. You guys know I'm into auto racing, have been forever. And, and years ago, I ran the track at Nashville for Gary Baker. And 
our Miss Nashville Speedway was a young lady by the name of Don Long, who went on and got married. And, and Gary's grandson, Coleman Baker, is a standout linebacker on the David Lipscomb team. Don's son, Parker Fritton, is a standout lineman on the CPA team. That's fun. How much you want to bet he wound up blocking Coleman at some point? (laughs) (laughs) That's, wow. (laughs) Well, well, fancy meeting you here. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Do I know you somehow? (laughs) Yeah. We we got to start meeting like this. Yeah. Thanksgiving is fun. Yeah, I'm willing to bet those kids probably had no early idea. They may not have. Maybe they didn't. Or maybe they did, you know, like uh, like Chris said. I mean, the the two played their semifinals a week earlier. Is that right? Or did they play? Yeah, they play a week earlier. They, 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 they get a little break. Yeah. They, so so maybe over Thanksgiving they did get to talk about that matchup and and do a little scheming and figuring out that that if this happens, then if then, no, exactly. If then. So. Hmm. Interesting. See, that's the stuff that we bring Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald on for. That stuff right there. Because I'm old. You've seen it all. Dude. Because I'm old. Dude, you're preaching to the choir on, on this side of the mic anyway. Now, now as, as Chris takes so much pride in reminding me, I've been writing longer than he's been alive. But, but yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Joe. So, um, you know, I think we next time we all get together, we just need to beat him up uh, a little blanket party yeah sounds good yeah yeah age and treachery beats youth and enthusiasm every day every day sometimes yeah yeah <laughs> but no it, it, it's been a good weekend basketball is going to be fine guys you know we're going to get through this it, it's just it's just a tough time and i'm just i'm glad we're talking about it I'm glad we can complain about the, the 25, uh, 28 penalties on Friday night. Right. You know. Goodness. Don't go, to, don't go to Chattanooga unless you're willing to spend the night and play a football game. I mean, holy <laughs> smoke. That was, that was fun. Yeah. I appreciated you asking Coach Coleman about those illegal shift penalties. That huh. was uh, – it was a good explanation, which it's a poor explanation on the officials' part, but it is what it is. Well, I guess the thing that gets me, somebody says, well, why didn't the kid just adjust? Well, you know, I think he did, but he still got called. Well, let me tell you something. You, <laughs> the, the kid who got called, uh, you cannot question his football IQ. No, no, you can't. And, and if, why do we say that? Because the kid's name is Switzer. His granddaddy is a guy by the name of Barry. Who won a who won a couple of games out in Norman, Oklahoma, over his coaching career? But you know, beyond that, it's tough when you're doing the same thing that you've been doing all year, and to suddenly have it officiated differently, and you're yeah. supposed to adjust in the middle of the game. It's tough. Well, you know, and and I'll agree and disagree. There, it's kind of like changing umpires in the double header. Because one may have a little bit of a different strike zone. And as a pitcher and a batter, you have to adjust to that. But there's a difference between what's on the edge of the plate and what's over my head. That's right. There There you go. And there you go. (laughs) Uh, Joe, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. We're going to let you get out and go get, get to your appointment. 
Guys, I appreciate it. I uh, always look forward to talking to you. Hope uh, hope we add a little something that makes your day better. Absolutely. Every time you do. Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald. And when we return, we'll talk some high school hoops right here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton here with you as we continue on this Tuesday morning, December 8th, 14 minutes to the top of the hour of 10 o'clock here on WKOM 101.7 FM or on the podcast if you're listening out there on SM-TN Sports Today on wherever you get your podcast. If you missed any part of the show before or after this, you are welcome to check it out there. Encouraged. Encouraged, yeah, absolutely. We'll be more than happy to uh, to oblige you. <laughs> uh, we had some, some, some high school sports action last night, and uh, Maurice and I both got a chance to get out and about on the town and let you kind of tell us what happened over in uh, Mount Pleasant as you saw a state championship football team help their basketball team. And no, without question, yeah. Um, Mount Pleasant, as Chris Carney said, played well for about two and a half quarters and then Fayetteville turned up the heat defensively, went on a Big run. I think it was 23 to 4 at one point and took control in an eventual 52 40 victory um, Monday night out at Mount Pleasant. Isaiah Thomason, a receiver and defensive end for the Tigers, who won Friday's Class 1A Blue Cross Bowl state championship game against South Pittsburgh, scored 20 points and probably had about 10 boards. In that game, um, Braden Hockett, who is not on the football team, um, he's a little spindly, but he's a heck of a basketball player. Had 17 points. I think he knocked down a three or, or maybe a couple of threes in that victory for the, the visiting Tigers. And, you know, I credit Chris Murdoch and that Fayetteville program because – they got six or seven guys out of football, but instead of trying to reschedule games, 
until their guys got back. They played. They were one in five coming into that ball game last night. They had lost to Columbia Academy earlier in the year, I know. Um, last week. But they had lost five of their first six games while they were waiting on their football guys to get back, which, you know, is more of an impact at some places than it is at others. Um you know, Summit's going to have the same issue. They're going to get a pretty a, a good sized boost out of getting their football guys to basketball. But you know, in in the smaller schools in particular, it tends to make more of an impact. And so, it would have been easy for them to just say, you know, we're we're not going to play and um, we need to reschedule or whatever. But you know, when you hear the next man up. These are situations that kind of speak to that. And so some coaches, and Chris Murdoch clearly being one of those, you know, recognize this as an opportunity to get some of his younger guys some time, you That's, know, be, that, before that the helps. football guys get back. Absolutely. It helps your depth down the stretch, and particularly in the midst of a pandemic when you never know for one day to the next who you're going to have or who you're not. So, exactly. So this was um, – that was big for them, even even though their record, you know, took a hit. You know, to get out there and get some guys some floor time that may not have gotten it under quote normal circumstances is a pretty big deal for for a Tigers team that again, as Chris Carney said, is traditionally a pretty good team, and and they got some um. They've got some ambitions of making their own postseason run, and I tell you, the way they looked from about midway the third quarter on, they've got an opportunity. Oh, there's no question they've got an opportunity. That's a that's a really good basketball team when they when they've got everybody on on, on their squad. They they got some they got some kids, man. And again, you know, Thomason and, and Hockett are size slash matchup issues for anybody that they play because the 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 height, the strength, the quickness, they're, they're going to give a lot of folks problems with those guys. And then um, Kamara and Taylor running things out front. They Kalioka goes down there Friday, and that's what Murdoch was saying. We get three days of practice before we play Kalioka. And I'm not sure that's what the Warriors slash Blue Devils want is – for Fayetteville to get those football guys more into the into the flow of things. So that could be an interesting matchup. On the girls' side, Fayetteville got 12 points from Arkansas Little Rock signee Zanaria Robinson in a 64-31 victory over Mount Pleasant. Um, Bailey Gray with 12 points for Mount Pleasant in the loss. Um, also, Kentray Frierson finished with 16 points for Mount Pleasant's boys in that loss. So um, both the Mount Pleasant boys and girls teams go on the road tonight to play at Collinwood, and they play Friday night at Cornersville. It's going to be a interesting week mm-hmm. of of basketball. A, a lot of fun because again, we we are going to see some a lot of those players finally get you know get acclimated to the hardwoods a little bit different you know there's there's a lot of different uh 
conditioning mm-hmm. with basketball. You, there's a lot of more sprinting than there is maybe in football. So, uh, you know, there there are definitely going to be some growing pains for some of these teams. Yeah. Um, it wasn't s- necessarily the case for for your teams last night. Yeah, I didn't. Ha- I, uh, I don't. I mean, I know Perry County has football, but clearly they. I mean. They've not had any issues on the hardwood. They're five and zero this year, and they continued their streak last night. Um, the boys, anyway. Uh, the coming out of the locker room, Perry County's up by six, right? And they just go on an absolute tear. Kalioka can't do anything. I'm thinking they turned the ball over nine times in the third quarter. Kid from Perry County gets fouled, slams the ball down. Ball goes in the air. He gets hit with a technical. He hits the two free throws. On the other end, Kalioka misses their technical foul free throws and then turns the ball over. So <laughs> so what, the guy was upset because he got fouled? I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. I heard the ball hit the ground. I don't know that he was. Sometimes when you put your head down to right, that's the worst thing yeah. you can do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not sure what happened. Right. All I know is that he, he slammed the ball down. I did hear the ball, mm-hmm. and then I saw the ball in the air, and I was like, well, I guess he was upset, which, I mean, it, it was probably one of those situations where he, he did it with two hands and meant to catch it and just <laughs> didn't catch it. Hate when that happens. And which, I don't know, there's some judgment there. We had some officiating issues last night, to say the least. <laughs> Um, Adventures and officiating that 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 may need to be your next, you know. It, um, it very well could blog your. I I just I mean, it's frustrating when you have been an official, and you can and you watch people just do things that are that make no sense whatsoever. I mean, the the clock operator even mentioned something. He's like, I've been doing this thirty four years, never seen anything like this. <laughs> You know, he's like, I've never seen anything like what just happened talking about the the, the player mm-hmm. situation. So, it just, anyway, nonetheless, Kalioka's down by 16 going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They go on an 11-2 run. They get it down to six points at one point. They can't get any closer, however, because every time they would get to six, they couldn't quite – they would miss layups or they would miss, you know, short jump shots or they would force something inside. It just – it felt like there just wasn't enough energy. And I think that goes back into the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I thought I thought Mike Lovett made a um, an interesting comment there in your article regarding the crowd and how – you know, under normal circumstances, you can feed off of that energy when you're making a run like that, particularly out there. Because yeah, because they do they, have a great atmosphere. They go nuts in there. Yeah. And, you know, kind of comes back and, and helps you make that push that they weren't able to ultimately make last night. Yeah, they just couldn't get over that six-point hump. Uh, that being so, they actually ended up falling 82-72 uh, to 72 because – Perry County was 24 of 31 from the line. That At the high school level, that's going to win you some games. That'll win you some ball games. And a matter of fact, same thing happened last night to Middle Tennessee State when Chattanooga hit 
I think, 82% of their free throws and won by 10. So there it was go. almost identical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big that, night for Landon, Landon Andrews for Kalioka. Huh? Landon had a big night, had 31, but he was the one who missed those two technical, technical foul, foul free throws. <laughs> it's just, you know, it, it, it felt like they couldn't quite get everything to work all at once. But uh, big night for, for him. He had 31. In, in the loss, and um, I believe he had three three-pointers. Um, Perry County had eight in the game. Oof. Uh, but is it, is it Taven or Tavon? Taven? Ta- Tavon. Tavon Bagsby. Tavon. Gotcha. Had 14, and Eric Mick had 11 for the Warriors. Um, so in the game, Tyler Dudley dropped 43 for Perry County. Forty-three, and and what's interesting about that is they've got another kid on the on that team who dropped some big numbers in one game last week. Jackson Tatum with thirty-five. I don't remember who it was against, but um, Kalioka held him to nine. But the fact that they've got two guys that can go for thirty plus at any time make, makes them a tough guard. I would think yeah. they're they're difficult to defend, and that's why they're five and zero on the season. So. Yeah, I, the Vikings. I, that, that's right, the Vikings. Um, Previously coached by former Charlotte Hornet, Kirk Haston. Really? Did not know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, but they'll be back in action tonight as they are scheduled to host Houston County. The Cullioca Warriors okay. they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cullioca Warriors are back in action tonight. They are scheduled to host Houston County. What's What else is on the scoreboard or schedule for, for us tonight? tonight? Um. Also on the schedule for tonight, Battleground Academy goes to Columbia Academy in a Division 2A District 3 matchup. Centennial goes to Summit. Coffee County girls go to Columbia Central. Hampshire goes to Cornersville. As you mentioned, Houston County goes to Kalioka. Independence will be at Nolansville. As we said, Mount Pleasant will be at Collinwood. Santa Fe boys go to McEwen. And Summertown plays a double dip at Forest. Again, the Spring Hill boys game at Brentwood has been postponed due to COVID issues on Brentwood's end. Also, in wrestling, Summit goes to Brentwood at 5 o'clock this evening. And Columbia Central and Eagleville will both be at Spring Hill also at 5 o'clock. There you go. All right, when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, we will tell you about a some news. Yeah. Uh, interesting news out of the Major League Baseball world. Not wild and wacky. Not wild it's and not wacky. Wednesday. It's not Wednesday, but it is a little wild and wacky. I will say that. But uh, also, we have Top 5 Tuesday coming up, and we will talk about um, Mr. Football on in the second hour as well. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net.
Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yow here with Mo Patton. JP planned on hiatus today. Taking a siesta is what he's doing. Something like that. I'm pretty sure he's just at the house chilling. He just didn't want to hang out with us. You know, I can understand that. <laughs> I can't. Especially we're too cool. at 9 cool. o'clock in the morning. Man, we're, we're cool. I don't know what's up with him. For real, though. It's uh, It's been an interesting morning already. You don't know this, but I left the mics on earlier uh, during a commercial break. So that was fun. I don't know. You said you were going to be back, and I said... Are you ready? I think that's all we said while we were off the air. So, well, good. <laughs> wow! Thank goodness for small favors. See, that could have been real. It could have been bad. Could have been bad, but it wasn't. So I don't do this. It's why. It's why we have JP. That's why we need JP. <laughs> yeah. That's okay though. We'll let him do what he needs to do when he needs to do it, and we will make it work as we do each and every day. We just make it work. We make this stuff up as we go along, well, guys. And, is, and as as coaches tell you, you, you you just try to minimize the mistakes. That's, I mean, yeah, that, that's really it. Yeah. So, um, real quick, we had a um, before we get into the news, I, I want to read this. Okay. This the, poor Kayla. <laughs> Kayla. Went to a college basketball game. Uh, I, I I'm not sure. It's I don't know what day this was. I, she tweeted it. Do, you, do we know what game it was? She tweeted it on December sixth, twenty twenty. So that was a couple of days that was ago. Sunday. Yeah. Let's see. I cannot tell what game it is because they have the DVR on. So what you're saying is that for Kayla, Sunday was a day which will live in infamy, huh? Yeah, I, I hate this for her. She So she goes to the college basketball game with this guy that she's been dating because they're in college. It's not – I mean, they're they're in college. It, it is what it is. So she goes to the game, and uh, apparently her dad called her. So she texts and says, hey, I'm at the basketball game. Can I call you back later? Unless it's urgent, I can step out. Dad says, sure, call me back anytime, but – Who's the boy you're with? Y'all are on TV, and everyone wants to know. <laughs> then he sends a picture of their entire family. Like there, there are there's clearly dad, mom, uh, some sisters, maybe some brothers, uncles. I I don't know who all's over there. They're all watching the game. They're all watching the game. And they see seeing Kayla, Kayla on TV with a guy, and nobody knows who he is. And uh, she is in college. She responded, well, his name is David, and we've been on a couple of dates. And then she tweeted that screenshot saying, this is not how I wanted my parents to find out. I kind of started dating someone. So, uh, yeah, poor Kayla. (laughs) Wow. Maybe you want to bring him home for for the holidays and say, hey, this is David. Oh, no, just kidding. We've already met on television. (laughs) Kind of gives a new, new, <laughs> new meaning to Facebook official or whatever it is, right? Oh, the, yeah. That's that's a completely different. Uh, that's a completely different, different official. type. Yeah, and, and, and that's just not how you want to see. That's not what you want to see if mm. you are, if you are uh, dating someone and you're on television. It's it's kind of like getting caught on the kiss cam mm-hmm. and. 
can't do that. <laughs> can't do that. That's all I'm saying. Poor Kayla. Some of my favorite like videos that are are the kiss cam the awkward kiss cams. Well, either one that where they're like, "Oh God, please don't touch me," or the one where um, it, there's there's two girls and a guy in the middle, and they do the wrong girl, <laughs> and and they end up kissing anyway, mm-hmm. and then the other one dumps popcorn on them or something. I know they're staged, but it's hilarious. Yeah, I don't care if it's staged or not. That's funny. <laughs> so. <laughs> or or the the couples that aren't couples right and they're like oh that's my brother yeah. or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah stop it oh stop it man uh speaking of awkward yeah awkward so comes out i guess yesterday that um tmz reported this first <laughs> well, of course they did. I, TMZ, man. They, they are one of the most reputable news sources. I don't care. They, they've they gotten a couple of things wrong. I know they had the one of the rappers that they said died didn't. That didn't die. That didn't die. But, like. But they don't miss often. They don't miss very much. So, if, if, if TMZ reports it, you can just about take it to the bank. Trust but verify. Trust but verify, but you can just about take it. 14 people were arrested in Liberty Township, I guess this is in Ohio, mm-hmm. in a human trafficking sex work sting. Among the 14 uh, men, all men arrested, was Brian Onora. Brian Onora, typically, you know, just a random old dude, right? No. Brian Onora is a well-respected and highly talented Major League Baseball umpire. Three all-star games in the 2012 World Series. Respected. Like, that's that's wild, right? But not wacky because it's not Wednesday. Still, no, seriously, this is – um, it's – it's just one of those things that you read about sometimes. It's it's kind of crazy. Uh, I have my own, you know, thoughts on sex work and whatnot. But um, this isn't a political show, and we won't get into it. But uh, someone, someone tweeted. Uh, let's see, WKBN twenty seven First News tweeted the picture of the the 14 people that was the, the sheriff's office, you know, put all their mug shots out there and sent it in. And someone replied, you do know there's an MLB umpire in this group, don't you? To which Don Dryden on Twitter at Don Dryden tweeted future former MLB umpire. <laughs> uh, I mean, a couple misdemeanor charges, nothing crazy. I mean, there's obviously solicitation, and then there was a misdemeanor charge on all of them for possessing. Um, hold on, I I, I got possessing criminal tools. Like I don't even know what that. I don't know what a criminal tool is. I guess if you're soliciting soliciting on the internet, then maybe your computer's a criminal tool. I I don't know. Because it was all it was all done via the internet. 
Right. So Attorney General Dave Yost, not Ned, no relation. Maybe. Maybe that's how they figured this out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> said, quote, John Stings deter those seeking to purchase sex, reducing the demand for human trafficking, and serve as a reminder that these crimes are more prevalent and closer to home than you may think. I mean, I guess Liberty Township, probably not a big place. Can't imagine. Um, it's a township. It can't be very big. MLB league officials said we are aware of it and we have no comment, according to Yahoo Sports. I, I was going to say, I was, wait, I was about to say, wait, they didn't have a comment. Wait, what are you about to tell me? <laughs> I, was ex- I was excited. I thought you were going to give me something new. No, they have no comment. They, they, we're aware, no comment. Okay. Oh man, that was a that couple of weird stories this morning as we scroll through Twitter as one does. Yeah, speaking of things that you didn't want your family to find out this way, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, oof, that, that's that's a tough one, but you know, I I, I just hate that. You know, when you are in a a position like those other 13 people, nobody cares. Right. You know what I mean? Like nobody cares about the other 13. Just nobody the nobody knows who they are. And and, and nobody will know. They're, and, and Brian Onora is like, why am I the only one that's getting my name? You know, why am I being talked about in Columbia, Tennessee when none of these other 13 are? Right. So, anyway, that's it. Uh, those are tough ones. Um, tough ways to find out. <laughs> uh, we will have more wild and wacky stories, including we one do. about a, a, a UNLV quarterback, which is awesome, by the way. We'll have that tomorrow and, and among other things. Uh, so plenty of wild and wacky coming your way on Wednesday. Today is Top 5 Tuesday. We have the top five high school football players that we have covered now. Uh, as Mo mentioned earlier, he's been covering sports longer than I've been alive. So you're probably going to hear some names. If you're older, you'll probably hear some names from him that you haven't heard in a while. You're probably going to hear some names from me that you've heard, but most of them are from Alabama. And you're going to hear some names from me that I'm ultimately going to miss somebody. Yeah, I mean you and, can't and and so five? I'm, I'm gonna apologize in advance and I'm gonna apologize again probably on the back end because I'm probably forgetting somebody and when somebody mentions him, how how come what about X? You covered him. I'm like, yeah, I did, and my bad. You know, so I'm just gonna get that out there. So yeah, we have um we have plenty to, to to address there, and mm-hmm. we will do that on the other side of a quick break as um, we talk about Mr. Football mm-hmm. on the other side, so that'll be fun. But yes, this is uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Uh, we'll be right back after this.
When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yow, Mo Patton here. And again, it's Top 5 Tuesday. Top 5 high school football players we have covered Really excited about that. That's coming your way after we talk about the Mr. Football Awards as they get ready to be presented at 11 o'clock after we go off the air as per usual. (laughs) That's okay. It's almost like it's intentional. I mean, it's because nobody else wants to get up this early, including us. There's, I mean, there's that. You know, it's at 11 because that's a way better time to do this than any other than, time. Than nine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whose idea uh, was this anyway? This is, yeah, uh, it's probably JP's idea. This is the problem right here. No, I'm kidding. Um, But, yeah, so Mr. Football coming up. And, matter of fact, TWSAA just tweeted out the, uh, I think, the, the live stream. The link. Link. So uh, we got a chance to see a couple of these folks over the weekend as we saw South Pittsburgh's Hunter Frame and Jared Stone. Uh, Stone, who suffered the knee injury yeah, and he, left the game, did not return. Yeah. In that eventual 20-14 to 14 Fayetteville victory. And then, of course, Kyler Parker, the half of the Tyler and Kyler show out there, in Moore County. There we go. Um so <laughs> we've seen it all actually. So Fayetteville beat all three of the Mr. Football finalists in That's one right. day. And beat one of them twice. Exactly. So but yet nobody from Fayetteville. Well, one of the reasons there's nobody from Fayetteville is because they just I mean, they were able to spread the ball around a lot this year on offense. Well, so. Let me just say this. There wasn't anybody from Fayetteville this year. There will be there will be. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. KJ, KJ Jackson is is a dude. Uh, he is as a freshman, thirty carries for two hundred and ten yards, and has the game saving breakup in the end zone on the final play. Big time player. Yep. Big time players make big time plays. That's it. That's it. <laughs> There's our first. Uh, our, our first. That's just for you, JP. Yeah. Uh, what do we call them? Cliche. Cliche of the day. Yeah. Cliche of the day. There will be more. There there will be more. Um, in Class 2A, Kalik Ganaway, mm-hmm. Will Meadows, and Luke Myers. Uh, Ganaway with the state champion Peabody and Will Meadows with the state runner-up Meg's County and Luke Myers out of South Green. 
Um, any, any any ideas on who's going to win that Class 1A, Mr. Football? My guess is going to be Hunter Frame. I'm gonna I'm gonna say you're probably right. Yeah. So, um, in two A, I'm thinking Meadows. Okay. I'm not really sure. I but, don't necessarily uh, have anything to base it on other than a perceived East State bias on the part of some folks. Gotcha. In Class 3A, there's Anthony Brown of 3A runner-up Myland, Gray Carroll from Alcoa, of course, the six-time defending state champion now, and Martino Owens of Pearl Cone. I think Gray Carroll probably one of the, the top athletes in Class 3A, no question. Uh, kid is really, really good, three-star athlete, and uh, planning on signing – uh, on December 18th. So it appears he's going to Georgia Tech. It's not a bad place to be. Uh, in Class 4A, you've got Rivers Hunt from Hardin County and a pair of members of the two-time defending state champion, Elizabeth and Cyclones, Troy Parker Hughes and Bryson Rollins. I believe Hughes is the receiver. And, and Rollins, Rollins is the, the quarterback, quarterback. so is correct. Yeah, my guess is the quarterback typically mm-hmm. wins that most of the time. Yes. So let's skip five A for the moment. All right. Okay. In six A, we'll get you. You've got Jake Brenningstool, Jalen Hunt of McMinn County, and C.J. Taylor out of Warren County, and. We we could probably talk about this one too for a little while. We probably could. Brenning Stool is um, a Clemson committed tight end. Also played tight end. Um, also played defensive end for the Raptors. Who? <coughs> excuse me. Who fell in the second round of the playoffs to Region Six Six A rival Franklin? Uh, Jalen Hunt is. Jalen Hunt and C.J. Taylor are a lot similar from what I gather. They are. They they both played a lot of roles for their respective teams. Hunt was a Western Carolina commit at one time. I think he recently decommitted. And as you recall, McMahon County was involved in that most unfortunate COVID situation going up to Dobbins-Bennett and – not getting to play because there was some confusion about whether or not there had been an exposure and whether or not that athlete was participating in in that kind of thing. So, um, again, unfortunate situation there. C.J. Taylor is committed to Vanderbilt from Warren County and had a had an electric season for the Pioneers this year, getting them to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. And, um, again, plays all over the field also. He is um, he's definitely an SEC talent from the feedback I've gotten from him, from coaches that have faced him. So, you know, this one I think is pretty wide open. Um, I think it's wide open. Too. You're exactly right. I think so. I, I just don't see a clear-cut favorite here. Um, 
I'm hoping it's Taylor, to be honest, but I don't really have a feel for who it is. One name, one name that's not on that list that ought to be oh, is Jackson well, Campbell. Yeah, we've talked about that on this show before, but Jackson Campbell. We have talked about this we show. have talked about that, and and I really didn't want to get started talking about that again, just because it, I I can't afford for my blood pressure to be elevated the way talking about that would, because in picking these type honors and teams and that kind of thing. My thing has always been, well, who would you take off? And as I said, I can when tell we you. discussed this earlier, I know exactly who I'd take off, but we're not gonna I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you. Um, in Division Two, Class A, John Lewis out of DCA, uh, Aaron Smith, Jackson Christian, and then, of course, Griffin, is it Sweeney? Sweeney. Sweeney, Sweeney. yeah. Mm-hmm. Davidson Academy, and probably going to go to somebody from Davidson Academy, if I had to guess. I don't know. Uh, you know, these things are voted on based on regular season performance. And, you know, for the timing of it, I understand that these are typically awarded the week before the state championships even. But if you saw Griffin Sweeney in that championship game against USJ on Thursday – you would say box it up and send it to him or, or go ahead and give it to him or whatever it is. I, I think it's got to be him because what he did on Thursday, he's been doing all year. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah. So I, I, I think it's him. I don't know. I expect it will be. That's just me. I could be wrong. I have been before. <laughs> I hear you. And in Class 2A, Division 2, James Dunn out of CAK, Langston Patterson from CPA, and Dietrich Pennington from ECS. Uh, I couldn't tell you because I just don't pay attention enough to. Well, my guy John Varlis, who we've had on from the Daily Memphian, says Dietrich Pennington is the real deal, and that's good enough for me. There you go. Yeah, I, I mean, Pennington is – is a name that we've heard quite often this year. So that's a, that that's one way you can you can always tell is you know what are the the names that you've heard mm-hmm. more often than not. And that's one of them. Right. Uh in um in division 2 class 3A you got BJ Harris from the reigning state champion Macaulay. You've got Dallin Hayden from Christian Brothers. And you've got D.C. Tapscott, a highly touted quarterback from Father Ryan. Um, Hayden is the younger son of former UT Vols running back Aaron Hayden. So pretty good pedigree there. And, again, I'm relying on my guy John Varlis. He hasn't steered me wrong yet. Um, Seems to feel like he's the best of the bunch. And – Given my limited exposure to D two Triple A, I'm I'm gonna ride with John on this one. <laughs> yeah, I, you know we tried to watch that that Triple A game and it just it won it. It didn't lend itself to. Yeah, it it got unwatchable there. <laughs> pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, but you know when you don't cover 
two A triple A or two triple A teams. Mm-hmm. You just you know it's not something that you're that you're really dialed into, and we just we just aren't dialed into it. I mean, we cover Class A because obviously Columbia Academy, mm-hmm. but that's a uh, I mean that's really it. Um, that being said, you know, uh, we did see a, a couple of kickers this year. We did. Um, the three finalists for kicker of the year, Tegan Linderink from Brentwood Academy, who is um, tutored by James Wilhoyt, the kicking coach at Brentwood Academy, who um, does a lot of kicking instruction across the state. Um, former kicker both at um, Hendersonville and at the University of Tennessee. So he's um, he's getting some good good knowledge there. Trey Turk from Oakland, who was actually injured and did not play in the state championship game. So I, I'm glad you said that because I got a text message, and and, and it said it asked me was is Turk out with an injury, and I said I honestly don't know. Uh, to which they replied, "Well, what good are you?" <laughs> and I said very little. It's like, hey, you texted me, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know the answer to that because yeah. I, I wasn't there. I guess if I had been there, it probably would have made more sense. But uh. um, Connor Wood from Lexington is your other kicker of the year finalist. I'm expecting this to be Turk. Don't reckon he's any kin to Mike. Nobody knows who Mike Turk is, but no. But I do, and that's okay, all that matters. Mike, is a, he was a he was a quarterback at Troy back in the day when they ran the triple option. Oh, and uh, he was the head. He's he may still be the head football coach at Huntington Huntington College in Montgomery, where he has been since two thousand four. Their first football season, oh, my goodness. first, my my freshman year was their first year in oh four. It's and, an easy uh, way to remember it. Yeah, he, well, I was part of the largest freshman incoming freshman class in Huntington history because well, we had eighty five football players that needed to come in. Oh yeah, so there you go. <laughs> oh, that was a that that was interesting. Six hundred and fifty <laughs> students. There you go. The entire school, <laughs> and and a hundred of them came in <laughs> that that year. Nice. So, yeah, that was nuts. Um, so let's go back to five A because we we have to go back to five A where Caleb Fortner out of Knoxville Central. Uh, not Kaleeb. Not Kaleeb, Caleb. <laughs> um, Prince Colley from David Crockett, he, uh, and he's a Notre Dame commit. Fortner's an Army commit. Fortner and his twin brother mm-hmm. going Liam. to Army. Yep. The, 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 the twins headed to Army. And then Destin Wade, of course, out of Summit, who is probably not going to win the award. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I've got – a massive bone to pick with that. Um, so I did a deep dive into these three guys on Sunday afternoon because there was nothing on TV to hold my attention. <laughs> and so, again, Kaleeb Fortner from Knoxville Central. He's a – Caleb. <laughs> Thank you. Caleb <laughs> Fortner. I, K-A-L-I-B, y'all. What do you think? Texas, 931-381-50-1017. There we go, 931-381-1017. K-A-L-I-B, Caleb or Kaleeb? It, it's, Tell me. <laughs> is Mama calling Caleb? I guess I'm going to call him Caleb. Somebody is is most certainly going to send us a text that says it's pronounced Caleb, K-A-L-I-B. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, 
So inevitably, that will happen. Mr. Fortner, Knoxville Central senior. Again, he's an Army commit, six foot one, two hundred five pound linebacker, tight end. Um, Ten catches for one hundred thirty four yards, eighty five tackles, sixty two of which were solos. Seventeen tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, six hurries. Two picks returned for 67 yards, six pass breakups, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a blocked punt. Knoxville Central, which had won the last two Class 5A state championships, um, finishes 10-3. and three. They actually played 12 games on the field. They lost to South Doyle in the quarterfinals. Prince Colley from David Crockett in Upper East Tennessee. Um, again, he's a senior. He's a Notre Dame commit, 6'2", 190-pound offensive athlete slash linebacker. Um, completed 10 of 14 passes for 85 yards. Rushed for 1,562 yards, 26 touchdowns. He had 10 100-yard games. Caught 13 balls for 290 yards and three touchdowns. Defensively, he had 109 tackles. 59 of those were solos. 11 tackles for loss. Had one interception that was returned for 53 yards. Did not score. Four pass breakups. David Crockett went 9-3. and three. They actually played 11 games on the field. They lost in the second round to South Doyle. Hmm. Look at South Doyle. There you go. Um, Guess good thing that South Doyle didn't beat Oak Ridge, huh? Guess so. Wouldn't that have been interesting? Destin Wade, a junior who is currently uncommitted, 1,507 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns. He rushed for 100 more yards six times. Completed 82 of 130 passes. That's 63%. 1,405 yards, 19 touchdowns, five picks. So that's a total of 2,914 offensive yards. I'm sorry, 2,912 Offensive yards, but who's counting? 37 touchdowns. Summit, 14-1, and one, 11 games on the field, and obviously won the state championship. Now, again, all of this voting took place prior to the playoffs. When Destin had played 17 total quarters. And had 1,426 total offensive yards. In 17 quarters. In that's 17 quarters. That's what – 89, 90-ish yards per quarter. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, and you, if you are a Summit supporter, if you're a Destin Wade supporter, you've got to hope that the people making this decision did that math. And I don't have much hope for that taking place. Well, I mean, there's a perceived bias. I think your Notre Dame commitment is going to get this award. Because? He's a Notre Dame commitment. Is that a similar thought process for Class 6A? I'd not be shocked. It's unfortunate. It is. Anyway. <laughs> it is unfortunate. I don't want to get into that, but yeah. Uh, man, that's rough. Um, I, I did want us to do this segment, though, because I did want to get out ahead of that and so that it doesn't sound like sour grapes on the back end. It's sour grapes on the front end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a 
good enough answer for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's unfortunate. I don't know necessarily how you can adjust the timing of the selection and the announcement of these awards, but I kind of feel like it needs to be a season-long award I can rather than a regular season award. And I think – But it also that, – that lends itself to – Teams who are who do better will have better cumulative stats. I think typically your best players are going to be on your best teams. Sometimes, not all the time, but I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I think that's why you have a committee so that you know those different, all of those different. Factors because not everybody votes the same. I mean, I've gone on rants sure. when I was voting on the Associated Press top ten because there were people who wanted to police other people's votes. But you know, different people take different approaches to things, and that's okay. Mine is this should be a season long award, reflective of the entire season for whoever it is that you're considering. If you feel different, give us a call nine three one three eight one one zero one seven. I, I, Again, I think I think Prince Colley from David Crockett, the Notre Dame commit, is your winner in five A, and I think that's unfortunate. But Destin Wade will take his ring. That's right. Speaking of, uh, Summit Football Twitter account just tweeted six minutes ago: ring sizing on Friday at eleven a.m. <laughs> in the main gym. So there you go. There you go. Anyway. So we are going to take a quick break, and on the other side of the break, we will give you our top five high school football players that we have covered in our journalism careers. Some longer than others. Some longer than others. This is, I mean, I've been doing it a long time. This is is year 16 for me, so it's not bad. Especially in this business. Hey, I mean, it is what it is. So, um, yeah, top five. And I've got a list of about 12 I've got to whittle down. So this should be fun. (laughs) Uh, We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yamo Patton here with you on this Tuesday morning, quarter till 11. 
by the way, that's a that's a TikTok trend right now. Is uh, asking people what a quarter till means, and they all think it's twenty five or before or after. <laughs> oh, now I okay. will I, I will say that when I was fourteen is when I learned that because that happened to me. My my best friend's parents would always come pick me up to go take me to church. And he said, be ready at, you know, a quarter after. And I wasn't ready. I was sitting there for 10 minutes trying to get ready. And they were sitting outside waiting on me. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't ideal. Wasn't ideal <laughs> at all. They were, they were pretty, yeah. But I was like, I, you said, you said a quarter. It's 25. I didn't know. It is what it is. Quarter means 15, folks. In time. We're now 14 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> We're now 14 minutes to the top of the 11 o'clock hour, and it's time for Top 5 Tuesday. JP gave me five options. Okay. So here's this one. We just went with option A because it was A. So it is Top 5 Tuesday. These are the top five High school football players we have covered in our careers, and Mo is definitely not going to remember somebody. Without question. So I mean, just take that up with him on Twitter, at <laughs> Mo Patton <laughs> underscore sports. Thanks. Uh, you're going to hear some names from me that, you'll, that you've probably heard before, uh, including my number one for sure. So we'll see. Uh, really excited, but we'll get started here. I, I've got some honorable mentions. I'm going to go ahead and give them out there because they, they're the two players that I have on my list who are from Tennessee. So, one of them is Keaton Wade. I think Keaton is... I, I hate to say that he's better than Destin, but I think he is better at his position than Destin is at his position relative to others at that position. We'll just put it that way. I think that's fair. All right. The other is Ty Chandler because that dude ran all over Hewitt Trustful when I watched that NBA game. So, yeah. Ty was pretty special. He was great. Uh, he's struggled while in Knoxville. For a little bit, not, but that's not, not necessarily his fault. Exactly. <laughs> it's not really his fault. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'll give my number five. It's pretty impressive that my number five was a, uh, it was last year a first round draft pick of the Miami Dolphins, I believe. Uh, Noah Igbenogany. I'm just impressed you can pronounce his name. Well, I covered him for three years at Trust at Hewitt Trustville High School in Trustville. So, I had a lot of practice. Okay. Noah Igbenogany went to Auburn. Great ball player. Um, I'm opting not to go with an honorable mention. Not that I couldn't. I just... It's like if I start honorable mentions, I'm definitely missing somebody. Oh, yeah, I mean, I know I am, and so we're just going to take that hit as you've already thrown me out there. My number five is a guy that some people around here will have heard of, some won't. 
just because he never played a down beyond high school. David Grogan was a six foot three, two hundred and twenty pound safety down at Lincoln County. He was a nineteen ninety three Mister Football for Class Five A, and this dude. I mean, at that time, safeties, particularly at the high school level, weren't six three two twenty. You were you were talking about defensive ends, but he he had that size, but he ran like. A receiver. I mean, he was just, he was a freak at that time. And, dude, he would strike you. I mean, folks went to watch that team to watch that guy. And, you know, it, you know, word was he had Florida looking at him and different folks like that, but just had not taken care of business academically, which, Happens way too often, unfortunately, but he he was a game changer. And, you know, when you look at these big safeties now, he kind of reminds you, I don't know if you remember David Fulcher, who played for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. He was another big safety like that. Grogan was kind of the high school version of that guy. Makes sense. Yeah. Man. Um, would have loved to have seen what he could have done collegiately if he could have gotten there. Hmm. Moving on to number four, this is a name that you probably have never heard because after he got to Ole Miss, he uh, tore his ACL and just never, never got there. <clears throat> that being said, my number four from Cordova, where Justin Palmer mm-hmm. currently sits as the head football coach, Tim Simon. You're right. You've never heard I've of never this. Heard of him. In his career, he ran for eight thousand five hundred and thirty-six yards, including his senior year when he ran for two thousand nine hundred and sixty-nine yards in a single season. That ain't bad. <laughs> that ain't bad. That's got to be some kind of record. Yeah. <laughs> Darn near 3,000 rushing yards. 2,000 is a big deal. Even in high school, 2,000 is a big deal. Mm -hmm. 3,000? Holy cow. Exactly. Dude was a machine in high school, and I got the chance to cover him for basically an entire season, his entire senior year, and just never seen anything like it. Tim Simon, Cordova, Google him. (laughs) Walker County Sports Hall of Famer. Anyway, your number four. My number four is the only guy who played at a college that carried his name. Oh, that's interesting. Fred Lane Jr. Oh, come on. Um, Played at my alma mater, Franklin High School, 1990 graduate. Um, Another guy who, you know, his, his academics probably kept him from playing at a major college level because it dang sure wasn't his talent um but again went on played at lane college made his way to the nfl had carved out a nice career with the carolina panthers got traded to the indianapolis colts and before he could ever play for him was tragically murdered by his wife yeah um and pisses me off to talk about it to be honest but um 
in high school. He just shredded folks. Um, he, he was special. He was a special talent. And I know a lot of folks around here in particular. Certainly remember. Because it. Franklin and Columbia Central played regularly back then. So, yeah. Redline Jr. His dad wasn't bad either. Yeah, well. <laughs> but I didn't see him. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't cover him? No, I, I did not cover him. He um, uh, he came to Franklin Junior High School as our PE teacher and football coach well, when fun. I was a eighth grader, actually. So that was – he was legendary. Yeah, no, but, no doubt. No but doubt. son definitely picked up where dad left off. All right, my number three, current running back for the Detroit Lions out of Madison Academy, Carrion Johnson. That dude in high school was unstoppable. Very similar to, very similar numbers to Tim Simon. I mean, yeah, he was at Madison Academy and was just an absolute ball hog. So there you go. Carry on, Johnson. That was your number three? My number three. My number three, folks here in Columbia won't want to hear this name. Jalen Hurd. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to it's hard to argue. You know, um, there was a tweet during the Saturday night Class Six A ball game saying that um, Jordan James from Oakland had tied the state record for touchdowns in a state championship game with six. Somebody else pointed out, no, that was actually Jalen Hurd was seven in 2012. The Columbia Central Twitter account said, "We know," <laughs> because that was against them. Um, rushed for over three thousand yards his junior year. Senior year got cut short by a shoulder injury in his first game against Station Camp. Um, went on and obviously played at UTM Baylor. I think he's on the practice squad for the San Francisco 49ers. But I I saw him go for two ninety nine up at Mount Juliet that junior year. And I checked my stats about four times trying to find a, another yard. Couldn't get it. And huh? couldn't couldn't get it. 299. Is what it is. Right. Um my number two out of Clay Chalkville. 2015 Gatorade Alabama Player of the Year. Two-time Alabama Mr. Football runner up. Current starting quarterback for the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, Piggy T, Ty Pigram, his senior year at Clay Chalkville, he accounted for 62 total touchdowns, threw for 44, ran for 18, had 31 and 18 as a junior. So, dude was a he was a touchdown machine, two-time state champion as well, throwing it to Nico Collins, who is up at Michigan right now, and uh, I'm not sure where. His other receiver is that he went to Alabama and then TJ Sheffield, and he's uh, not at Alabama anymore, so I'm not sure where he is. But Piggy T was a human highlight reel, no question. Piggy T. Piggy T. My number two is a guy that I almost forgot. Dang. Yeah. Glad Uh, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fernando Bryant. Oh, went to Alabama. After being a stud at Riverdale. Yeah. I knew um, that name. All right. High school All-American. Um, six, six picks as a senior, 82 tackles. I don't know who was throwing at him enough for him to get six picks. <laughs> but, um, 
48 catches on offense. As you said, went on and played at the University of Alabama um, and then spent 12 years in the league with the Jaguars, Lions, Patriots, and Steelers. But, um, yeah, he was everything at the high school level that you would have expected a first-round pick to have been at the high school level. As good as all of these players that I've mentioned have been, nobody, nobody was as dominant as the player I'm about to mention. When you talk about taking over a football game, this guy right here could do it all. Class 6A lineman of the year out of Pinson Valley High School, Vanderbilt legend, Zach Cunningham. An absolute monster in high school. I can only imagine him in high school. It's unreal. He was as good in high school as he was in college. Well, and and you you watch him on Sundays. You can tell it. Incredible. Yeah. Who's your number one? My number one... I felt sorry for guys when he was playing high school ball because on two on two point conversions and they were two point conversions because Pearl Cone didn't have a kicker back in the mid nineties. Um, they would line John Henderson up out wide at six eight, and invariably he'd be matched up on some poor five eight defensive back, and they just throw him a jump ball in the end zone. You stood no chance especially against a guy who went on to play defensive tackle at the University of Tennessee and played for the Jacksonville Jaguars, among others, over 11 seasons. Uh, And he was just a dominant force at the high school level. John Henderson, biscuit I saw. 